Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 176, Non-Toxic Building and Renovations. It's January 4th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. I have ditched the music for my intro and outro for my podcast moving forward, which is to be inclusive for the deaf and hard of hearing community. It's very difficult for someone who is hard of hearing to distinguish and discern words when combined with music. I invite you to join the movement to get podcasters to ditch the music for their openings and closings. Well, that's all I can do is make that request. A couple pieces before I dive into this very rich topic of non-toxic building and renovations. Number one, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. That would make me happy. The winners will not be picked until later this year. The prizes will not be shipped until the winners are notified. I'm recovering from a very, very bad accident, nearly fatal accident. So when I can have more mobility, I will take care of that. As my disclaimer, as mentioned in my intro, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. For people in general, I do have transcripts on my hosting platform, rss.com. I have become aware in the last couple of weeks that my format for the transcripts is horrific. I am in the process of correcting that. However, it will probably take me a whole year, given how much time it takes to edit and change the draft transcript that is generated automatically. But at least I do have transcripts and I am working on getting the format correct and in a better format, so I do apologize. Lastly, if you are suicidal, my request is you call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is a wide variety and amount of help available for you. If you're struggling in life, I request that you take the help. I further state and assert, if you understood the traumas and trauma and hardships you've been through from a psychology standpoint, you might be feeling proud of yourself that you've made it this far. Help, take the help that you need, it's available. And again, that number is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. Non-toxic building and renovations. I think that many people in the world have by now gotten the memo on lead and asbestos being harmful in buildings. Guess what, there's more. So let's dive into non-toxic building, renovation, and construction. I do have an extensive amount of experience in this area in both a traditional build that is toxic and a completely non-toxic build as well as renovations. When I say non-toxic, I am distinguishing non-toxic from a green build. Green building does not include in its scope non-toxicity in the fashion I'm describing in this podcast. Green building creates structures that are environmentally responsible and resource efficient 
through all phases of construction, design, construction, operation, maintenance, renovation, and deconstruction. Deconstruction. It is also known as sustainable building. However, green building does not go to the level I am describing in this podcast. It should, and hopefully someday it will, but at this point, I really want to drive home the point that I am talking about non-toxic construction and renovation, not green building, because green building has not gone far enough, in my opinion. So there are things about buildings that are really not a problem like for example your roofing and your siding they are exterior to the building when your siding or your roofing off gases that's not inside your building and people may not be familiar with off gassing which I wasn't back in the day either off gassing is when chemicals from a construction material or chemicals from anything leach out into the air which you can then breathe in uh, and absorb so for example we are aware in this year and have been aware for quite some time that flame retardant chemicals from furniture and from clothing get absorbed into the skin and have shown up in the breast milk of nursing mothers chemicals absolutely have the ability to enter your body either through skin absorption or through breathing them in. Interestingly enough, in all my years of experience, the people who seem to know a lot about this outside of integrative physicians, integrative, holistic, natural physicians and practitioners are firefighters. Firefighters have been trained or are typically trained in off-gassing because it, it is very important for them when they are fighting a fire. So they would be a go-to person outside of a natural physician, a naturopathic physician, an integrated physician, a functional physician, etc. Why would you want a non-toxic building in your home? Hmm. Well, let's look at that. The University of Michigan researchers have identified 55 chemicals of concern in the walls, floors, ceilings, and furnitures of homes in the U.S with some chemicals having concentrations that are thousand times higher than recommended. For example, formaldehyde. You probably have heard of formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is a carcinogen. It causes cancer that is linked to leukemia and is one of the worst offenders. Formaldehyde can be found in furniture-based cabinetry, wood, cork, and bamboo flooring, among other things. Number two, BHA. BHA, which is a long long term, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. BHA in carpeting is 800 times higher than recommended. How many of the homes or office buildings or other buildings, school buildings, public service buildings, libraries are carpeted? Well, most of them. Also in carpeting is another chemical, hexamethylene disoclinate, <laughs> at a thousand times higher than recommended. So there is just a list of two chemicals that are deeply problematic according to the University of Michigan. 
What are the health impacts of toxins in a building of any kind? I'm going to give you a list of 16 health impacts, which is not all-inclusive. It's the most common health impacts I could find in aggregating the research. So one of the sources is in Springer, which is ecological and health effects of building materials. That's from page 1 to 11. Number one, asthma. Two, burning eyes and itchiness. Three, inflammation of the nose and throat. Four, headache. Five, skin irritations and rashes. Six, dizziness. Seven, fatigue. Eight, reproductive dysfunction, meaning infertility. Nine, nausea. 10, endocrine system dysfunction. 11, birth defects. 12, impairment of infant growth. 13, immune system suppression. 14, cancer. 15, obesity. 16, ADHD. That is not all of them, but I am certainly hopeful that you find some of these health impacts deeply troubling. For example, for example, cancer, also birth defects, also infertility. None of these impacts are good for human beings. You may be familiar with the uh, phrase sick, sick building syndrome. That has been around for quite some time. It is covered under some of the government programs. It's more of an accepted concept now than it was back in the day. I would like to turn your attention to a very impactful resource available for you to broaden your scope of understanding of the significance of this topic. My resource for you is a video done by Ken Cook, Ken Cook from the Environmental Working Group called 10 Americans. If you Google the phrase 10 Americans by Ken Cook, you should come up with the video, which is, a, I don't remember, maybe 10 or 20 minutes. It's not a terribly long video. And the Environmental Working Group is a group that Ken Cook is one of the co-founders. They do great work. They have very, very, very good resources for you, not only in this area, but in the area of cosmetics and personal care products. In this video, 10 Americans, which I'm going to give you a minor synopsis of. They did a research study. They raised $100,000 and they got 10 women who were going to give birth to a baby to donate their baby's umbilical cord blood at the time of birth for them to capture and then research. Of the 10, now there's only 10, I, I will grant you, 10 is the smallest research number you could possibly consider. I am very well aware of research and how research is done. I admit 10 is a very small, minuscule sample. At the same time, listen to the results. Of the 10 babies' umbilical cord blood, 100% of the baby's umbilical cord blood contained 189 man-made chemicals 
before the baby breathed, before the baby touched anything, before the baby ingested anything at the time of birth, 100% of the 10 babies had 189 or more man-made chemicals in their blood, including DDT that had been banned decades prior. In the video, they talk about the dramatic increase in pediatric leukemia and pediatric brain tumors, which is absolutely horrific and stunning. Also, the increase of birth defects. In the time of this age, in 2024, going back a decade, two decades, we have seen new birth defects that have never been recorded in the history of mankind. We are birthing more babies that have birth defects than 40 years ago by a wide margin. Leukemia in pediatric patients is up over 75%. This is all very dramatic. And we also have new conditions unknown prior to uh, 10 or 20 years ago, like childhood dementia. If you're not familiar with childhood dementia, it does go by the name of Sanfilippo syndrome, and it is under a subset of larger neurological and degenerative childhood diseases, which is traumatic. I say it's traumatic, and I have experience in a pediatric degenerative disease that was reversed, completely reversed, because that child was seen by a doctor who co-wrote a medical textbook that the title of the medical textbook is The Reversibility of Chronic and De Degenerative Diseases. So we are now in 2024 and for years prior now, we have been birthing babies that are so toxic, they are being born with cancer and other life-threatening problems, some of which, many of which they do not survive. Children and babies and women who are pregnant, babies who are in the womb, are the most vulnerable population to chemical exposure. And it doesn't stop when a baby is born. I do have personal experience with a child who had toxic chemicals in their blood, which actually, for, upon testing, Yes, you can do blood testing for chemicals. The chemicals in this child's blood came from paint, from food packaging, and from automobile exhaust, as well as other things. I don't, I don't have that, that research with me, but there were, I think, 10 chemicals they tested for. That child had over 90% toxicity of the chemicals in their blood, which, because of the reversibility of chronic and degenerative diseases, they were able to detox the child's blood, the child and the child's blood, to get the levels down. So this is a problem. This is a big problem. And I have to mention that something that people don't think about. We are currently building schools for children. Should you be concerned about the toxicity of your child's school? Should you be concerned about the toxicity of libraries, of township buildings, of college campuses and dorms? Yes, clearly, in my humble opinion, we should be seriously concerned not only about your home or your residence or the renovations you're going to do or have done or building. We should absolutely be concerned about 
schools for children, especially early childhood, adolescents, high schoolers, and college students. This, in my humble opinion, should be an urgent issue. It should be of utmost priority. I will, I will come back to this. I hope I remember to come back to this because I do have some other things to say about that because I've, I've been involved in that. I'm really pretty well experienced with this whole piece. So what are the problems if you're building a new building or if you're doing renovations? This topic applies not only if you're doing a new build, it applies if you're doing a renovation, which could be renovating a room in your house, it could be you're gutting your kitchen to the studs, it could be anything. Here's a short list of problems. Number one is what we call VOCs. VOC means volatile organic compounds. Volatile organic compounds are hugely toxic to human beings and are found in adhesives, sealants, surface coatings, paint, and other products like insulation and composite wood products. What happens with volatile organic compounds is that over time they off-gas into the air that you then breathe in, which means they can cause cancer, kidney and liver damage as well as other health impacts as I already covered in the list previously. Volatile organic compounds are common. It's just that's one number one. Number two is phthalates. That's P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Phthalates are found in chemicals used to make plastic soft and pliable and can cause birth defects in pregnant women, affecting her baby's unborn brain, reproductive system, and other organs. It's also used in vinyl flooring, lines, wall coverings, and in coatings. Three, formaldehyde, as already mentioned. Formaldehyde is in pressed wood, engineered wood, particle board, plywood, and is linked to some types of cancers. Spray foam insulation. Spray foam insulation contains toxic flame retardants and other chemicals that can cause asthma, exacerbate existing asthma, and cause other health issues. Stain protectors on carpeting and, so and sofas contain PFAS also toxic and has been linked and found in breast, breast milk. So when things off gas, they basically, the chemicals released into the air as I off said previously. Where you notice this is in the new car smell. When you have a new car, that smell, that new car smell that everybody loves, that's chemicals off gassing. So for me, knowing about chemicals, because I had to learn the hard way, uh, Back in the day, when I got a new car, I actually used an ozone machine to take off the off-gassing and, and help with that. And it really did. It took the new car smell out of the car. Now, the new car, the new home smell can also be found. You can, you can really notice the new smell if you go into a new store, if you go into a new building. There's this, like, new smell. That is off-gassing, and it means that things are toxic. At this point, hopefully you're getting the, the idea that the building products we use contain very toxic chemicals that damage unborn babies, babies, infants, children, and adults. 
Can you build non-toxic? The short answer is yes. You absolutely can build and renovate in a non-toxic fashion. It is going to require effort at this point in time. My vision and my big dream is that when we have enough consumers awake and aware, that would be about 20 to 25, maybe 30%, the, the companies providing manufacture and manufacturing building products will change instantly they will not be able to change fast enough so my hope in this podcast is you now thinking about hmm i hope to have a family one day maybe this is something i should be concerned about yes if you haven't had children and you hope to have children someday in the future this should absolutely be on your agenda because your body will be absorbing and storing those chemicals even though you're not pregnant, until you detox. That's just the way it is. So in the past, I did a traditional bill that was toxic, and I also did a complete home renovation, getting a kitchen to the studs and dining room and putting in a half wall. And I also oversaw a 100% non-toxic new build back in 2013. To accomplish the non-toxic build in 2013, which was critical for someone's health, I enlisted a specialist, a, a doctor who is trained and schooled in integrative and natural medicine to provide coaching and consultations on how to go about this. Now, because I had done previously, a few years prior, a non-toxic extensive home renovation, that one being the gutting of a kitchen and dining room to the studs, new electrical, new plumbing, new cabinetry, everything, I had some basis of experience. However, building a new non-toxic home from the foundation up was a completely different animal. So I needed to get coaching because this was absolutely critical. A mistake in the new build could have left the home uninhabitable by someone who had a very sensitive body system to chemicals. If I made a mistake, the house might not have been livable for the person. So in doing the kitchen, I learned quite a bit. <laughs> and to kind of wrap it all up for you, I'm going to give you a summary of what you would be the high points. If you're going to do a non-toxic build or if you're going to build from, if you're going to do a renovation. It would be actually before I get into, well, yeah, I'll just go through this list. I'll circle back to the building of the schools because I really want to mention the experience there. So number one is if you're doing a new build from the ground up, number one is foundation. This applies, by the way, to a school, any any building whatsoever that people are going to be working in, living in, or spending time in. So with the foundation on a new construction, new build, the number one goal is to prevent water from entering the foundation because water entering a foundation can cause more mold to be able to form. Mold is extremely toxic for human beings. It's a high allergen. It is a problem in every way, shape, and form. Under the foundation of the home that I oversaw, uh, we had the contractor put a water water foundation, a water, 
what was it, a water membrane to prevent water from being absorbed into the base of the foundation. So the, the water prevention membrane went down first. I also had a French drain put around the entire home. That was about a one, one foot, maybe one and a half feet. It was a, the, the, the width of a caterpillar cat, you know, digger. And that trench was then backfilled with gravel about the size of peas, not, not huge, but well, it was bigger on the bottom. And then, then there were pipes at the base of the French drain leading the water away from the home about 100 to 150 feet. So this is a, a very strong, well-known idea to prevent water from just sitting up against the home. If you don't do a French drain solution around the base of a building, then you have earth up against the foundation and earth holds water, which then allows the water to leach into the foundation. So the other thing uh, is that we did windows and, and, a, and a door in the foundation, in the basement, to allow for air to be circulated. So in a, if there's a foundation that's below the surface of the earth, it's recommended that you, you slant your earth or slant the foundation at least at one corner so that you can put some windows and a door in, which will help if you have any water issues. And we'll, it's, you know, it's also good for egress, but really the point of having any windows and a door in the basement of any building is for air circulation in the event of water. Of course, you want all of your downspouting for a home or any building running 100 to 150 feet away from the building. But these are things you can do in a new build that will be very valuable down the road should you have any water problems. If you do the water membrane prevention under the foundation and you do the French drain around the building, and I do mean around the whole building. I know it's not cheap. I'm very well aware of how much that cost. <laughs> well, yes, I was, I was minding the budget so that we could come in under budget, and we did come in under budget, which I don't think the contractor was really thrilled about. So number one is the foundation. You will not regret spending the money on that because the money you would spend if you ended up with mold in your home or your office building or your school, this is a small amount of money to be spent up front in prevention. Number two, as I mentioned previously, your exterior roofing and siding material can basically be of your choice because they are exterior. The chemicals are not gonna leach into your home, office, school, or building. Number three, interior elements. I've broken this down into several interior elements. Number A, drywall. The number one recommendation I received over 10 years ago was to make sure the drywall was not from a foreign country. I'll leave it at that. Drywall is going to be sealed. If it's not gonna be sealed, seal it because drywall will contain chemicals that will off-gas. In a typical building, home, school, the drywall is painted and that seals in the chemicals. B, paint. 
my recommendation for sure is that you use zero VOC paint. VOC is volatile organic chemical compounds, as I mentioned previously. There are every almost every bit brand of paint in this time contain has an option for zero VOC paint, and it's uh, it's a few dollars more per gallon. There's no question. They also there used to be, and I think there still is a brand called Safe Coat paint and safe coat paint not only has zero VOCs it has zero other chemicals when I was overseeing our new build on the home the painter was thrilled with the zero VOC paint because I was instructed by the builder I had to show up on site the day they were priming and the day they were painting to make sure that that went well because the contractor was not thrilled with all these changes I made to his normal construction process. The painter, however, his subcontractor was elated. He told me, the painter told me, the minute he opened the zero VOC primer and the zero VOC paint, he could tell a difference. I myself was a little suspect about that, so I asked him, how could you tell? And he said, my nose didn't itch, my throat didn't burn. There is no question that paint is different from what we typically use. How much is it? I think maybe we'll make a move to zero VOC paint. So paint is very important because your paint is going to off gas if there's chemicals in it for quite some time. How many years depends on your paint. C, wood trim. Okay, so Real wood is much more healthy for human beings than wood that is made with particle board. I'm talking about not MDS. Wood you want to have sealed or painted. If you seal or paint wood of any kind, you're going to seal in any toxins. So if you're using wood that's made of particle board or MDS, make sure it's completely painted, all sides hopefully with a non-toxic sealer, or what you can do is you can pre-seal the wood with a sealer and allow it to off-gas prior to insulation. So given the contractor that I used, we opted to have all of the baseboard trim sealed off-site, allowed to off-gas properly, and then to be cut and and cut and installed on site. So I did have to go to the, the contractor's shop to smell the wood after it had been sealed and allowed to off-gas to determine whether the, the smell was gone. So make sure all of your wood trim, if you're using anything other than real wood, is completely sealed on all sides. If you're using real wood, solid wood, you only have to seal it on the side that's exposed because real wood doesn't contain chemicals unless you're using wood that contains chemicals. D, cabinetry. Well, I learned from doing the kitchen renovation quite a bit about cabinetry. Even if you pay the 10% or 20% fee to upgrade to have more hard wood in your cabinetry, you are still going to have particle board 
in your cabinetry unless you pay the enormous fees to have furniture grade cabinetry, which is extremely expensive. It is very expensive. So in the kitchen renovation, being budget-minded, what I did was I was on site when the cabinets were being installed and I sealed the exposed plywood and particle board, uh, which was not that much because I did pay a slight fee to get less particle board and plywood as the kitchen cabinets were being installed. So they came out of the box, the contractor took them out of the box, set them in the garage. I had the, a non-toxic sealer that I used for the little exposed surfaces and then in they went to be installed because I used a non-toxic sealer from Safecoat, by the way. I didn't have to worry about them off-gassing. Off Had I used regular or water-based polyurethane, Water-based polyurethane contains less chemicals and less toxins than a regular polyurethane, but it will still contain some toxins. For the inside of cabinetry, my recommendation would be using a safe coat type of sealer so that you do not have chemicals. In the new build, because of my experience with non-toxic sealers, meaning water-based, regular water-based polyurethanes and safe coat, sealers, I determined that my best option for longevity would be to use a toxic regular polyurethane finish on the cabinetry that was custom cabinetry that would be off-gassed for two months or so prior to install. On the doctor's advice, what I did was I went to the the contractor shop which was actually a subcontractor cabinetry maker went to his shop multiple times to sniff and smell the cabinetry open the door smell the outside and my first second visit you could still smell the smell eventually though I did go and the smell was gone and we knew that the cabinets could be installed this took a lot of planning because I had to execute the cabinets being made early on in the construction phase. I don't regret using a toxic sealer on the cabinets because I allowed for the off-gassing and the off-gassing was complete prior to installation. Now, my experience with regular water-based polyurethane is it will not hold up over time. I say that because way back in the day when I refinished an antique table, I did use a water-based polyurethane from the regular big box stores and it did not hold up. I had to end up re-sanding the table and all the leaves and refinishing it with a regular polyurethane. It, it just did not hold up. I'm not even sure what I ended up finishing with, but it, it the water-based did not hold up. So there's your piece on cabinetry. All cabinetry, unless you're paying for the premium, premium, premium price of a furniture grade cabinet, you will have some plywood and some particle board in your cabinetry. Not a lot, but some. There you go. E, flooring. Flooring is a big problem because so much of the flooring available today contains toxins. Even some of the the quote-unquote hardwoods are 
composed of compressed particle board and other glues that will off-gas. To skirt around the off-gassing of flooring choices, I mean, vinyl is going to off-gas. Uh, I chose hardwood floors to be site installed and finished with a special non-toxic, relatively non-toxic finish and then ceramic flooring with a non-toxic grout and sealer for the bathrooms and entryways. I would have been interested, I was interested in non-toxic carpeting, but I could not get that in my location. Non-toxic carpeting is available, or at least it was in 2013, but just not in my area. And it was, I did not have cooperation from a carpeting store to even investigate it. I did go to multiple places because the carpeting that's non-toxic is made from cotton, wool, or other fibers. So there is, or at least there used to be non-toxic carpeting. It just wasn't available for me. So to do the flooring, the tile was no problem. Tile, if you're using ceramic tile or marble tile or things like that, that's not going to off-gas for the most part. But Safeco does make a non-toxic grout and a non-toxic sealer for the grouting areas. You don't need to seal the tile. I suppose you could, but I didn't do that. The real big issue was the flooring. Now, the reason I wanted site-installed hardwood floors and sealed on site was to eliminate the little little grooves that you will get with many, many hardwood floors. Mo a lot of hardwood floors, if they're put being put in board by board, pre-sealed, well, first of all, they, they contain toxins, but secondly, those little cracks between the boards will are a magnet for crumbs, dirt, dust, and other problems. I, I've done that before, so I, I was aware of that. What I found back in 2013 was a product called Street Shoe 275. Street Shoe 275 has a, about a 2% toxicity. So of the whole chemical of the Street Shoe 275 floor sealant, a very small amount was toxic. I spoke with the company, the manufacturer, and they said, that, that the 2% chemicals off gases in about 24 to 48 hours. So after doing some due diligence and research, I felt that I could use the Street Shoe 275, even though, even though it contained a little bit of toxicity, because it would off gas. Now, at the time, Street Shoe 275 was only available to commercial floor companies. So a consumer could not buy it and use it in their home. I didn't really care about that. So we did have a separate subcontractor do the sealing with using Street Shoe 275. And then what I did was I went over to the house and smelled it. Now I couldn't smell anything right away, but we let the house off gas for probably a week just to be safe because nobody needs problems. I will say that Safecoat made, I assume they still make a floor sealer that I could have used. However, given my experience with water-based and non-toxic sealers, I did not feel comfortable that that would last for the long haul. I'm not not recommending that. I'm just saying you have to do your due diligence and I did not feel that it would hold up. So that's why I went with something that had a little bit of toxicity. 
Insulation. Well, for a lot of insulation, you're not going to be exposed to it because it's going to be in between the walls, covered with drywall, which is then painted, providing a sealer. Where insulation will off-gas is in basements if it's not covered by drywall and in attics. In the attic, we use a non-toxic insulation that I'm pretty sure was blown in. I don't remember. But again, the the attic was sealed off, not something we were going to, to get into and expose the house. The real issue in any type of new build or renovation with insulation is the areas around the windows and the doors. Around windows and doors is where a contractor, or you if you're doing it yourself, would use a spray foam insulation, which causes a huge amount of toxicity. All you have to do to vet that for yourself is pick up a can of spray foam insulation. Back in 2013, the spray foam insulation cans had a skull and crossbone on the back of the can. It was very clear it was toxic. So this was a problem. At the time in 2013, there weren't a lot of options for an alternative to spray foam insulation and I'm not sure what there are now because when you do windows if you put the spray foam insulation then you put trim on top of it there's still going to be a little gap for it to off gas so I actually ended up finding a non-toxic insulation that was too expensive to ship but I found a vendor in Harrisburg that had it had a warehouse of it I drove to Harrisburg got what I needed and then my two boys and I manually cut the pieces and stuffed them in the cracks between the the wall and the window the window and the doors which was a pain in the neck but it was what it took to keep the contractor happy because he did not have built into our costs doing manual labor for doing that for all the windows and doors so that's that g emergency generator switch well this was a good idea because if you have a generator it typically you have to change your electrical to be able to accommodate it because you want to be able to switch over your heating and maybe your water or certain pumps or certain electrical to the generator so we did a hardwired switch, which the subcracker was very unhappy with and really tried to talk me out of. And I said, no, you're not talking me out of that. That's what I want. And we will get that. And we did. I highly recommend if you're doing a new build of whatever form, you have that built in. Next is water filtration. Well, you can do a whole house water filtration system. I'm not recommending it. I'm not not recommending it. I have no position on that you do what you can afford you do what works for you for my family and needs what what I did was each sink had so there were five sinks total each had a multi-stage water filtration system and maybe a three gallon tank underneath the sink so the filters could easily be switched out it was just what worked for me at the time I did consult with the doctor about the the type of water filtration system which was I think a four three or four canister filtration system going into a tank and then each sink had a little nozzle for the water so we 
We're on well water, but even well water is, I, I would not recommend drinking well water that's not filtered. Um, so do some type of water filtration system. Now the well water, we had a test for, but I couldn't get help to get the test completed, so that was never done. But you can test well water, you can test your water. There are companies that do that, and it's not a bad idea. I just couldn't do it by myself, and you know, like sometimes you have to say, well, that's not happening. And with the filtration system, it really became a non-issue because the water was filtered. The water we drank, brushed our teeth, or cooked with, and you can get filtration systems for your shower head as well, which I do recommend. Uh, 16, well, that would be G, H, H is the well water testing. Um, then we go into 15 is the well water testing. 16, we did, we're able to use regular windows. The 6, 17, the doors, we painted with non-toxic paint, interior and exterior. And then we also made sure that the windows, the window treatments were non-toxic because there are many types of curtains and blinds that are very toxic. So I want to go back to the schools, buildings, and communities because you might feel like there's nothing you can do. I'm here to say that's not true. When I was in an area, we'll leave the area unnamed, we'll leave the school district and all people unnamed, I met with the school district that was in the process of starting to build a new building, a new school for students. I met with the facilities director, the school principal, the special needs program director, and interestingly enough, they brought their legal counsel to the meeting. I had not requested the legal counsel, but they came anyway. I sat down with these school individuals and I reviewed the areas of concern that I just reviewed with you. I made suggestions for non-toxic products and ways that they could make the school safer, the air quality better, etc. One of the suggestions I made to this particular school district was that they make sure that every classroom had a window or two that opened, at least one if not two. I could not have driven that point home any more clearer or clearly than I did. Number one, you want that for egress. You want that so that children, should there be an active shooter, should there be some chemical release in the school, should there be some problem, that children of any age can get out of the building. I mean, they may be on the second or third story, but you can still get them out and you can still open the window. I mean, egress is significant, people. I don't think I need to tell you that. The other reason for having windows that open is to help with any off-gassing. It's just a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer that you would have a school building or any other building that has some windows that would open. I don't think I need to, to belabor that point, but in Cheektowaga, where I had lived for a time, there was a school fire. I think it, I, it was ages before I lived there. I think it killed 25 children because they could not get out of the building. It is very important to have windows that open for egress and for releasing airborne chemicals or toxins. The, the, the end of this story is, did the school 
do what they said they would do. They said they would do that. They said they would have a window or more that opened in every classroom. Did they do that? No. Unbelievably, they did not. Okay, well, guess what? I did the best I could. That's all I could do. That's on them. That is completely on them, but a little bit shame on them. Like, really? So children, young adults, pregnant women, and the elderly are the most vulnerable to paint and toxic chemicals. Guess what? It doesn't stop there. If you have pets or animals of any kind, toxins in the air can be detrimental to your pet's health and possibly fatal. Now we do see products and have had products for years that will warn if you have birds not to use this. If you have birds, it can be fatal. Kind of like, the, it's like the canary in the coal mine. They would use canaries to see if there were too many toxins in the coal mine. They dropped the canary down. If the canary, when it came up, was dead, they knew they were had a problem. I mention this because when I built my home, back in the day as a single woman, I did not know about new construction being toxic. I had no idea. After my new home was built, I was quite proud of it because it meant I had paid off all my college debt. I had my 401k in good shape. I was good financially. I built this new home. Now, I got a dog, a puppy, shortly after I moved into the home. I, I purchased a yellow lab puppy from a private breeder, not a puppy mill, not a store. This was a family, I think it was a Mennonite family that breeded their family dog maybe once a year, once every two years, not a big breeder. This was a family. And my yellow lab puppy, Zach, Zachary, Zachariah was actually his name, he ended up getting sick, which I did not correlate with live with him being holed up in my house when I was at work all the hours that he was. I just made no association between his illness and the new construction. He ended up getting blood cancer and he ended up, uh, well, I did have surgery on him, but the surgery wasn't enough because in the end he was diagnosed with blood cancer and it was very clear he he was, he was done. And it was only years later when I became aware of the health impact of new construction on human beings that I went, oh my goodness. Because when my dog, Zachariah, Zach got sick, I talked to the vet and I talked to the, the vet who was the surgeon to remove a tumor before he was diagnosed with blood cancer. Why is my dog sick? And both of the vets said, we don't know why your dog is sick, but let us tell you, we are seeing more cancer and more illnesses and more diseases in pets in the last many decades than we ever saw prior. One thing they attributed some of the dogs uh, or, or cats illnesses to was lawn chemicals. So they did they did make that statement. We do we do think part of it has to do with lawn chemicals and even though it's they don't walk on the grass until 28 or 48 hours later, the chemicals they believed were still on the grass for weeks and weeks later. So once I got very hip to the chemicals and the impact on humans, then I could make the association. There has been a growing movement towards less toxic building and building products in the last 20 plus years.
Yet here we are, miles away, a million miles away from where we could be. How many of you listening to this podcast donate money to end cancer? How many of you make a financial contribution to cancer, cancer research, cancer support groups, or leukemia, or any of that? It's common that most people and many people donate money. How is it in this day and age we haven't taken care of the issue and the problem of toxicity? I don't know, but it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. So to help this, you, whether you're doing a renovation in your home, whether you're doing a new build, you know, get on board and make sure your living environment is non-toxic or as have as little toxins as possible. If you're listening to this podcast and you're already living in a new build, you've already built a new home or you're already working in a new office, please do not become immeasurably depressed. What you can do is you can open the windows. When you open the windows in your home or in a building, that allows the chemicals to be released. Now, it will take time for chemicals in a new home, new office, new school, new whatever, to off-gas. So you might have to open your windows for quite some time. I don't mean every window open all the time, but opening your windows can be a partial or complete solution. If you have a health problem that's developed after you've moved into a new home or new building, you might want to make some other changes. I don't know what that would be for you. Had I known back in the day, I would have made lots of changes, but I didn't know. What you can also do is get involved in your community or with your school if there's being a new building built and make the request for non-toxic building. And again, as I distinguished earlier in this podcast, I'm not talking about green building. I'm disappointed green building has an enveloped non-toxic into its criteria, but that hasn't happened. I did look at that before this podcast. No, we're still not at the point we need to be. My suggestion would be stop donating money to organizations that aren't dealing with the root problem. This is a root problem. This is causing cancer in babies before they're born, in babies when they're born, in children, in my humble opinion, based on the research. Go watch 10 Americans by Ken Cook. Go watch that. It is stunning. Very well, very, very well done. My hat's off to Ken Cook. My hat's off to the Environmental Working Group. This is a problem. You, if you've already done the renovations, there are solutions. I promise you there are solutions. Don't be, don't beat yourself up. You can beat yourself up. I mean, I, I felt horrible when I realized that probably it was the home, for sure it was the home that I had built that caused Zach to get blood cancer. I can't go back and do anything about that. That's over and done. What I can do moving forward is make sure I'm not exposing myself or the people I love or care about to toxins. That gives you lots of information on non-toxic building, non-toxic construction, and renovation. It's doable, people. It's a little bit more work, and it will cost you a little bit more money. Your health is worth it. 
your health is worth it. If you're listening to this podcast, moved into a new house, be our four-year-old kids, your kids have health problems, I would take your kids and yourself straight away to an integrative or functional physician and get your blood tested. Get that blood tested because let me tell you, I mean, I've done that and it's shocking. It's shocking, but you can remove chemicals from your blood. You actually can. I've done it with someone. The bottom line is we live in a world filled with toxins and there is something you can do about it. So make your life better and healthier by making sure that you have the least amount of toxins possible in your living space and in your community. I hope this has been helpful. I know. If not, oh well. I do love you. That's it for now. And here is my outro without music. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 176, I think. See, this is the problem. Yep, 176. Non-toxic construction and renovation. I certainly hope you will do your due diligence in the future to provide the best living environment, the best air quality you possibly can for you, your loved ones, and your family. Please share this on podcast on social media because it is high time that people became awake and aware to the difference that this can make in terms of human health and well-being. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.